This is a HeadGum Podcast. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're the super specials. Here we are, Jack. You're in a mood. I'm in a mood. I'm feeling okay. Good. So I guess I'll carry this fucking thing, huh? That's what I was hoping. Yeah. I'm having a weird day. You're having a weird day. So I'll carry this one. How about that, so, Jack? Yeah, so, you sit back. You sit back in the cut and let me people, get up here. When and people do look my back thing. at this episode, they're going to yeah. be like, that's weird. There's only, at one point, very early on, yeah. the two sets of footprints stop, and there's only right. one set of footprints for most of the episode. Right. What happened? Well, Jack. Yeah, what did happen? That is where I carried you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. Thank you for comparing me to Christ. <laughs> that feels good. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's get your mood right. Okay, hang on. Let's... Oh, he's already... Oh, he's stripping. That's okay. It gives me an opportunity to text my friend Josh back. Guess how many miles I've run this week? Gosh, six. 35. That's not that impressive. It's not that impressive. At once? At once? This week. At one time? No. Okay. Guess how many miles I've run this week? Zero. Zero. I've been on vacation. Okay. So <laughs> mine's a lot more impressive than you. Oh, you know what gets me in a good mood? B- uh, the Babysitter's Club Super yes. Club. Remember me, Tanner Greenring. Is that how you introduce it? I thought you were going to carry us. I just did. And you, Jack Shepard, the glum plum over here. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. It's the Babysitter's Club Super Club. I'm Jack Shepard. You're a Tanner Greenring. This week, Crocabunga to you, Super Babies. Crocabunga. This week we're reading um, a very interesting super special. It's called The Babysitter's Remember. The Babysitter's Remember. The Babysitter's Remember. Or as you called it in a text message to me earlier, Babysitter's Origins. Yeah. (laughs) The Babysitter's Club, colon, Origin, yeah, it's good. We learned some things. Do we got we a not? peek into the past this week. Yeah, super babies. We learned. I know some more stuff. about Shannon Kilborn than I ever the, wanted in to. In the week preceding her meeting Christy Thomas, than I ever wanted to know. Yeah. It's weird that everyone's fondest memories, mm-hmm. for the most part, revolve around meeting or interacting with Christy Thomas. Speaking of Christ-like figures. Yeah. No, Christy is very much a Christ figure in this novel. Shannon's whole thing is like, here's the week before I met Christy Thomas and my life changed forever. And Dawn's was like, here's the week before I moved to Stony Brook and met Christy Thomas. No, hers is Marianne. Marianne is a big part of this too. Sure. Dawn and Logan. So what this novel is about is that the babysitters get together for a slumber party and they have this discussion about what their most vivid memory is. Yes. They can't stop thinking about it. It lodges in their minds, and they can't stop thinking about it. And for two of the babysitters, their most vivid memory out of their entire life is the vision of Marianne. Yes. Yes. Um, And Dawn. For for the rest of them, it's usually Christy. Usually Christy. Dawn Mm -hmm. and Logan are fixated on on Marianne. She has this power presence. And they're both displaced, they're both vulnerable. Yes. In their moment of vulnerability, Marianne is the surprising rock that they clamber onto, this still point 
of the turning. That world. actually makes a lot of sense, though. She's yeah. she's she's very steadfast. You know, like if I was going to build a home on any of if the girls of the Babysitters Club were foundations, mm-hmm. and I was to build a home on top of any of them, I mm-hmm. would probably go for tried and true Marianne. I feel like that's a good internet quiz that yeah. you and I should make. It would be like build a home on one of the girls from the Babysitters Club. <laughs> Right, on the and foundation of one of the girls of the Babysitter's Club. And we'll tell you what kind of person you are. Yeah. That's good. 90 seconds. I think you now? build your home on I think you build your home on Claudia. It's gonna have a lot of curb appeal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But that's like that's not the most solid ground. Yeah, like the sizes of the walls won't be equal. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll it's be like a, a split level, but like four times. Like yeah. there'll be no <laughs> continuity to the house build your build your home on christy that's my that's my bet that's gonna be a solid christy yeah we just got done saying marianne but now you're saying christy oh marianne yeah marianne that's solid too let's uh let's do our 90 second rundown let's do our 90 second rundown y'all ready for this it's the 90 second rundown baby nation that that is the segment where i describe this novel in we're gonna be done with this episode in no time we're already getting to the 90 second rundown we're only like five minutes in that's fucking great we're gonna be done in half an hour oh god forbid we fucking talk about what happens in this book early on we're gonna be done (laughs) so quickly though because we didn't do any of the the bullshit preamble yeah you didn't do any of the epithets yes i did we do that that's after after the 90 second rundown? <laughs> yeah, the point. What? Since fucking when? I have Mr. always Stickler? thought that the best possible thing to do is to introduce the show immediately, then immediately describe the book, and then feel free to fuck around. Don't start right. with fucking around. <laughs> you must right. be you a nightmare change, in meetings. You want to change the whole formula? That's fine. Yeah, Let's do to, it, man. Let's get yeah. wild. Okay, let's I get do. wild. Sure, let's do the ninety-second rundown. Great, <laughs> how fucking novel. Okay, great. I'm fucking delighted. You describe the book, but you, it's your ninety-second rundown, right? And my ninety-second rundown begins with you as the opening act. How many times do we have to go through this? I don't have anything prepared though. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Well, yours, because I didn't think. I thought I still had some time to put something on paper. Well, you're just gonna have to go off the top of your dome. Fine, I will. Okay, you want me to do it now? Yeah, right now. Okay. Are you not going to interrupt me? Are you? It seemed like you were pulling back to like get ready I wouldn't. to say something. I wouldn't. You so you like took a breath as though you were about to like get into something and like say something. <laughs> Sounds like, like you're you had, interrupting like, yourself, my man. Some fun like little preamble you wanted to do, or like nope. something you wanted to bring up before we got into the ninety second rundown. Nope. I I usually hold my breath through your ninety second rundown, so I don't involuntarily. <sighs> Sorry, can gasp. you please be quiet? I'm I'm okay. going okay. now. Did you? I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to breathe now. <laughs> no, it just seemed like maybe you had something to say. You, nope. you pulled in again. Breathing. <laughs> you pulled in a breath again. Just go, man. Just try to yeah. ignore me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be right here. What is your most vivid memory? Was it the time that you and your friends trapped a helpless old woman in your house and tortured her for hours on end with cruel, sadistic assaults as you insisted that they were just pranks? Perhaps it was when you spent the night at a close friend's house and felt that exhilarating rush as you released your bladder in her bed (laughs) and felt that sickly 
comforting warmth spread around you. Maybe it was the time you carefully orchestrated the fracturing of a relationship, creating little moments of tension between two lovers and conspicuously failing to intervene as their bickering and feuding got worse and worse. Or the time you peer deep into your own soul in an attempt to discover more about your true self, but only saw a putrid insect wriggling around inside the darkness of your being, looking back out. Do you remember your most vivid memory? They've been keeping track, and they're ready to talk. (laughs) The Babysitter's Club, super special, number 11, The Babysitter's remember and they certainly do don't they don't they they remember it all they forget nothing a babysitter forgets nothing they yeah no babysitter forgives but she does not forget and it's not even a a, assured that they'll forgive no oh no yeah they they might they may forgive but they won't forget uh it looks like you remembered it all by it i mean this book Yep, I got the um, the pranks. I got the the water sports. I got the, uh, the bugs. The bugs. The yeah, bugs. I want to talk about the bugs. I want you to tell me, Tanner, after I describe this this novel, what your Kaludia is. Ooh, <laughs> I can't wait to explore my insides and pull out my Kaludia. What's your Kaludia? Everyone's got a Kaludia. That's the internet quiz we should write. What's your Kaludia? <laughs> what kind of bug is your Kaludia? <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to talking about that. I so I'm going to describe this novel and I'll try I'll try to throw into my 90 second rundown a little bit on what the Kaludia is. Okay. Um so that so that we can we can easily get right into that. But um before I do that I'd like for you to put um put a big big old oh, big old I timer forgot. up on the Let me pull up the timer dashboard here. It's only fair. Tanner Googles the term ninety second timer in five, four, three Okay, the babysitters are having a slumber party. It's not just any slumber party, it's a slumber party where they will remember Together, their most vivid memory, and talk about it at great length over the course of the next couple of weeks in various letters that they write to each other. What Christy remembers her most vivid memory is, no surprises, the day that she thought of the BSC. We've heard it in every chapter, too, since time immemorial. Stacy, what she remembers is this very intense and weird memory of the day that she got diabetes from wetting the bed. Um, She went over to Lane's house. That's how you catch it? That's how you get it. She went over to Lane's house uh, for a slumber party, and uh, she wet the bed, and then she was ostracized by all of her friends. We should have seen it coming that Lane was going to be her ex-best friend. Turns out that it was related to diabetes. Claudia remembers the day that Mimi protected her from a shitty art teacher who asked her to do a self-portrait, and the self-portrait she drew was a butterfly, and she wrote Kaludia on the bottom of it instead of Claudia. Uh, and the butterfly is her Kaludia, and Mimi said, that's a, that's a good art, she said. Uh, Jesse remembers the day Squirt was born. Logan remembers the day that he first laid eyes on the vision that was Marianne. And then he writes that in a sweet letter to Marianne. Mallory remembers the day that she met her favorite author, Amelia Moody. Shannon remembers the, the horror that is this girl called Sally White, who is a bully at school. Dawn remembers her parents' divorce. And Marianne remembers about someone called Mrs. Tate, who is the Ur babysitter, the first babysitter. Stop, stop, stop. You're out of time. I nailed it. You did nail it. Fuck. Fuck. Yes.
nothing gives me more satisfaction than yelling over your final moments of your recap, but you fested me tonight, Shepard. Oh, just barely did it. Uh, The Ur babysitter, Marianne remembers. I liked that too. Babysitter. God, I hate how much I liked it. Yeah. So we've got two two pretty interesting things to dig into. This Ur babysitter and this concept of your Kaludia. Tanner, what is your Kaludia? Claudia is Kaludia is a butterfly. It has to be a bug. I don't think so. Mine is a black scorpion. Okay. Mine's but, that beetle that rolls up poop. Oh, a dung beetle. Yeah. That's your Kaludia? Yeah. That's really sweet. That's sort of that's what captures your inner essence. So if someone asks you to draw a self portrait, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna draw that beetle that you would draw draw a dung beetle that rolls up poop. And I think it actually like makes a lot of sense for me as like a a person and a creative. And it actually makes a lot of sense for you as my friend and collaborator too. Yeah, it's like I'm the hard worker who's always like taking other people's shit and like making it useful and like you know rolling it up into something that's appealing and and somehow useful i don't i don't it occurs to me now i don't know what the beetles do with that dung i think you maybe eat and then sleep in it why does it need to be in a ball then <laughs> hey man it's your your gluteus <laughs> i'm so, just yeah, this I'm, ball I'm of the dung, dung that you've rolled you've accumulated <laughs> yeah no you and everyone else i collaborate with yeah um, but then you're a you're a, a stinging scorpion scorpion with red laser eyes well you can have laser eyes it's that's has a dark soul. Whoa, you yeah. are in a mood. Yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my self portrait. And I feel and, like if you were if this was a different week, you would have said something like, "I am a helpful moth." Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not today. Look at me. Look at me. I'm wearing all black. You can see those red laser eyes peering oh. right back at you through the FaceTime. Why is it every time you come up with a fictional animal, they're always, like, dangerous? Like, your fucking dream horse was a nightmare. Yeah. Now you're, like, a laser scorpion. <laughs> is this Texas? Did Texas do this to you? You yeah, guys have been down there, right? They got, them, they got them out here. Have you seen one? No, but one of them crawled into my friend's driveway and died. That was probably a warning. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. From, like, the scorpion it's an omen. community. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So we'll put a quiz together and post it on yeah. Baby Nation called "What Is Your Kaludia?" Yeah. To help you, super babies, figure out what your Kaludia is. Mm-hmm. You might be a friendly and helpful dung beetle, or you might be a dangerous and moody black scorpion with laser eyes. Yeah. Or you might just be a beautiful butterfly. And if you're a dung beetle, the dung is the friends you made along the way. Right. Yes. And and you're supporting them and pushing them along. Yeah, and for me, it's the friends I stung along the way because That's, it's my nature. Yeah, but they love you anyway, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm in a mood tonight, Baby Nation. <laughs> a bad day. <laughs> uh, let's talk, uh, talk talk about this Ur babysitter. Let's talk about the Ur babysitter, Mrs. Tate. Tate. Uh, so I looked up. Oh, before we do, uh, I looked up Kaludia on Wolfram Alpha. Oh, sure, that's a natural thing to do. Go to Wolfram Alpha and look up things Kaludia. like Kaludia. The expected total number of people alive today called Kaludia, yes, is sixteen. Ooh, do you think we can find one of them? Yes, that's what I think. Though I did some preliminary searching, and it's mostly people who have spelled Claudia wrong. But uh, okay. Wolfram like, Alpha. You mean like Claudia did? 
No, I think Claudia deliberately wrote that this was her. This is her art. She wrote Coludia on on this butterfly. She created this term that is so useful to us. It's like your inner essence as a bug. That's what a Coludia is. Right. But it is also the case that there are sixteen people in the world called Coludia. Well. This computer expects that there are 16 expects people that, in the world. Yeah, they expect that one in every 16.6 million people is called Coludia. Coludia, right. It okay. is the 62,676th most popular name, and most people named Coludia are around 19. Okay. So I thought that's that's some interesting facts as as your babies as you think about what your Coludia is, who your Coludia is, who you are as a Coludia. Um, think of the sixteen people who have lived their whole lives. The sixteen, as we call them. The sixteen. Yeah. There are special. Do you think we can invite one of them to like talk at the live show? Oh, I would be so delighted. Yeah. Come be our Coludia. Come be our Coludia. We Dress up like a you. dung beetle. Let's talk about this Ur sitter. Yes, let's talk about this Ur-sitter, Mrs. Tate. Mrs. Tate. She's an old lady. Um, She's a brassy old broad. And she fears nothing. She fears, she fears nothing. nothing. Not poison, not spiders. Not being stabbed in the feet. Terrible masked figures. Marianne's most vivid memory is the is this first babysitter. Yes. And it, and it stuck with her. I think it created who she is today. She... Uh, is an old lady. It's Marianne is in third grade, and, and she's from. She's, she's an old from, lady, and she's from the agency. The agency, as Mister uh, Spear calls it. Who's our babysitter going to be tonight, Dad? Says Marianne, and he says, "I'm not sure yet. I'm talking to the agency." He bit into a cookie, then took the bite out of his mouth. Then took the bite out of his mouth and set Gross. it and rest. Yeah, I know. And set it and the rest of the cookie discreetly on a napkin. What the hell is that? I hadn't... You know what's the grossest part about that? It's like a paragraph later, Marianne picks up the cookie he had in his mouth and like tastes it herself, and it tastes like soap. Yeah. Well, okay. Let it's me a very weird little passage. He bit... I hadn't... I wrote down this paragraph because of the next thing that Marianne says, where she goes, the agency? Oh, dad, please, not the agency. <laughs> But I didn't, as I was taking this note down, dwell as I would like to now on what Mr. Spear does. He didn't put the cookie down. He bit into a cookie that yes. he takes the bite out of his mouth. Yes. And sets it discreetly on a napkin. Well, maybe he has food, food blindness just like Marianne does. Oh, that makes sense. We know he has food blindness, right? Yeah, it runs in the family. It we know Marianne has food blindness. He thought it was going to be a hamburger. Dad stood up and walked into the kitchen. While he was gone, I sampled the cookie. I spit it out. It really did taste like ivory soap. Okay, there you go. So, Mr. Spear, this this sequence of events is Maybe Mr. it Spear. was soap. It's soap. It's soap? Yeah. And so they just have food blindness, so they're like, yeah. God, can you imagine... Thank God <laughs> Sharon came into that house, because can you imagine yeah. the two of them just like... <laughs> Picking up random objects in their house all the time, <laughs> yeah, and like tentatively taking bites and being like, mm, nope, "Nope, I don't think this one's food." <laughs> I'm surprised they even survived. Yeah, he picked up the hand soap, took a bite out of it, but wasn't like, "Oh, Marianne, this is soap." Just like discreetly takes the bite out of his mouth, sets it down, and then later Marianne's like, mm, "A cookie." <laughs> 
And she's like, nope, no, that's Golly, a soap. Thank God that's Sharon came like along. It. Oh, my God. We got a little peek into Sharon's bitter divorce from uh, Jack, oh, too. Sure Disneyland did. Daddy. We sure did. And we, I think we got a little peek into the start of uh, something that we've speaking come of, to know as... Speaking of origin stories. Refrigerator play, colon, origins. <laughs> By the time my babysitting job was over and I returned home, it was 5.30. Jeff was home, too, and so was Mom. Dad wasn't there. He usually didn't show up until after 6, especially if the traffic was bad. At 6.30, he wasn't home either, but we'd heard about an incredible traffic jam and thought Dad might be caught in it. By 7, he still wasn't home, and the traffic jam reportedly had cleared up. Mom began getting antsy about dinner. She fidgeted around the kitchen, put an ice cube tray in the oven, Got out a knife when she was looking for the wax paper and poured Jeff a glass of seltzer when he asked for milk. Now, as I've said, mom is completely scatterbrained, so this behavior wasn't too unusual, but she seemed nervous on top of her scatterbraininess. I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. She was so, like, hard up for that sweet Disneyland daddy that she just started, like going through the motions you know she's putting ice cube trays in the in the oven and she doesn't care who sees you know she's not anymore though not anymore not anymore but then she moves pretty quickly to stony brook yeah she's like i think i the end i think i actually remember an old boyfriend i had in high school who was also into like kinky kitchen stuff yeah i'm gonna have to up uproot my entire family and move them to Stony Brook. And they all lived happily ever after. Um, and Dawn's vivid memory seemed like a sad one, but it ended happily. Yes. So What's that's a pretty vivid memory, Jack. Um, nope, I don't have one. You have a most vivid memory. What's my most vivid memory? Maybe the birth of your son, your marriage. That's The birth of my son is more like a, it feels like a, a acid trip. Yeah. That was crazy. I yeah. guess don't worry. It's uh, it's super normal and and not Fun. intense at all. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I for some reason it popped into my head. I uh, I used to make my dad play ABBA, and I would do I would try to do disco dancing. This d- dates me as a young. That boy. sounds lovely. Yeah, I would do head spins. I was like, I'm a disco dancer. Like this? No, I would spin on my head. I'm very <laughs> like a, like a b boy. Yeah. And this would have been like 1984. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's 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 emblazoned pretty strongly in my mind. You were what, like six? Five or six, yeah. Five. Yeah. My parents loved ABBA. What's your most vivid memory? I'm trying to think. You know what I it's think? It's a hard question is? to answer. It is I hard. understand why it gets lodged in their minds. Jesse brings it up. All credit to Jesse. So Christy gets this assignment where she's like, what did you do this summer? And Christy's like, that's a bad assignment. And Jesse's like, that's such a bad question. A much better question would be, what's your most vivid memory? Right. And then Jesse, qu- like, Jesse poses this question, and then her most vivid memory is like the most boring one of the girls. She's like, I remember when my little brother was born. Yeah, I mean, she remembers when Squirt was born. She didn't want to have a brother, and then she was basically pleased to have a brother. Bad yeah. memory. I have a lot of vivid memories. I think they're all equally vivid. What about the time you found a dildo in a lake? That was pretty vivid. <laughs> it was a river. Yeah. Um, that's actually not super vivid. Like, okay. The details a... on that are pretty muddled, to be okay. totally honest. I'm not even sure I'm the one who found it. Wow. 
It may have been my half brother. Wow. I can't remember. I have lots of vivid memories of like growing up in Minnesota. I remember the ice castle. I have like very vivid memories of the Minnesota ice castle. Okay. From the early 90s. For some reason in downtown Minneapolis, they built a big castle made out of ice. That's cool. And you could just go and see it and like be in it. That's pretty good. And that still pops into my head every now and then. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's the ice castle. Minnesota baby bees are going to lose their fucking mind over the ice castle. It's, it's a great it's lost on you. Yeah. It's a it's a nice reason to move to Minnesota. Like, don't worry, it's super cold, but <laughs> Yeah, no, it sucks. Yeah, castles of ice. We use it to our advantage and we <laughs> castles from ice. Let's move on and discuss another aspect of this novel. I feel like Oh, you know what another vivid memory of mine is? What? It I share a vivid memory with um Shannon Kilborn. Oh. You met a, a devil named Sally White. No, I didn't. I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert once. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Shannon brought that up. A few years ago, I went to Colorado to see a Bruce Springsteen concert with my mom. And it was right after Colorado legalized weed. And mm-hmm. I ate an edible. And my entire night is just like a a swirl of... Technicolor. <laughs> technicolor swirl of Springsteen and good feelings. <laughs> Oh, it was good. It would have oh, been it was a, great. It, he wasn't playing like Nebraska. <laughs> it was the River Tour. Okay, all right, that's fun. Yeah, it was the the River Anniversary Tour. That sounds. It nice. was a blast. Uh, Shannon goes to a Bruce Springsteen concert, or one of her friends does. Um, I wasn't sure whether that was Anne being like, "What's cool?" <laughs> In 1992, not Bruce yeah. Springsteen. She's like, "What are the What are the teenage girls like?" <laughs> Millie Vanilli would have been a better. It's not going to be the boss. Shannon Kilborn and her friends are not like going to be super amped about going to a Bruce Springsteen concert. 94. 94. Bruce Springsteen was not relevant in 1994. Maybe Extreme, an Extreme concert? I don't know it. That uh, More than words. Oh, sure. What about Boys to Men? Oh, you know yeah. what? Bruce Springsteen did have a hit album the year before. Which album? Philadelphia music from the motion picture Philadelphia they had like four hits on it Philadelphia is not on the radar of these girls <laughs> but That's... Streets of Philadelphia was the hit single off that and then if I should fall behind was like a beautiful little ballad off that album you remember that one so yeah, yeah. no I I actually stand corrected on Bruce Springsteen he was hyper relevant he did do the soundtrack to the motion picture Philadelphia which I believe is about AIDS Tom Hanks and AIDS <laughs> yes the huge hit with the tweenagers. Um Beck? No, it's not Beck. Loser? No. That came out in 1994. Yeah, but you if you're a 12-year-old girl, that's not that's not like your number one fucking thing. I tell you what, I was listening to in 1994 as a 10-year-old boy. What? Green Day's Basket Case. See, that's pretty cool. And I think I probably was listening to Basket Case as a as a 14-year-old boy. Or Weezer's Undone. Tanner or Weezer's Buddy Holly. No, this is uh, your band now from this line of discussion. Let's talk I'm about too good sh- at it. No, because this is a discussion of this novel. Shannon's vivid memory is interesting. She meets this devil. Yes, this devil woman who I think Tanner this week. In fact, I know is my. <gasps> Every week, Anne puts a monster 
in these novels, and I think the monster this week is Sally White, this devil girl who comes into Stony Brook Academy. Yeah. And one by one picks apart Shannon's entire friend group and leaves them in tatters. She chooses them. She's a new girl. She's so cool. She's so cool. Um, But she's so awful. And she disappears as quickly as she comes. Disappears as quickly as she comes. She's she shows so much up. like the snake in the garden. Yeah. They're all all the like girls. She comes, she in, tempts them. In Shannon's group are inclined to give up the entire group to just be friends with this girl. Right. And she tempts them with Bruce Springsteen tickets. Bruce Springsteen and pony rides and like sleepovers. And her parents are rich, and here's what they have in their house paintings and statues. And some urn we weren't even allowed to touch, and a sword, and some tribal masks, and a hairless cat. These this are not like powerful objects. These are extremely powerful objects, and I would say a hairless cat. I think they just have a hairless cat. You don't think that's an object of power as well? I think that's just their cat. I think they've captured. I think they have captured someone's soul in that cat. Okay, that that I think they've captured someone's soul in the. Urn. I think that's that cat is probably Hitler. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Like they somehow yeah. figured out a way, like that weird, like Third Reich occult mm-hmm. stuff. They like found some way to transfer Hitler's body into a hairless cat, and then like he ended up on the black market. And like these crazy like devils, like were like, "Yes, we're gonna buy the Hitler cat." Yeah, and 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 was like, "That's interesting," but I think I'm gonna really focus on the Bruce Brinkstein side of this <laughs> story. I, I don't have time to get into the Hitler cat is. right now, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so Sally White is evil. She tries to pick apart the friend group, and she's so wicked. And then she just disappears. She makes friends, best friends with Shannon's group, one by one, one by she one, including off. Shannon. Gr- very briefly, Shannon Greer. All new names uh, to me. Yeah, these are Meg. all new. God, I we, we learned so much. We learned more about Shannon than we ever had before. But it turns out, and this is the Babysitters Club origins of Christine the Snobs because Shannon is so burned by new girls because of her she, experience with this Sally White who disappears wary without of a trace that she becomes that when she meets Christy she's snobby towards her right it's a good it's a tidy little origin story yeah all of and it's a perfect are. prequel it's perfect yeah it's magical oh you know it was difficult speaking of prequels hearing what? fucking Mimi Oh, speaking yeah. directly to us. I didn't like that. Let me tell my let me do my fearful moment. Oh yeah, what was your what was your fearful moment? My fearful moment, my my monster this week. Yeah. was the cyber demon? Oh, that Janine constructs. No, no, no. Okay. From the hit first person shooter Doom. Okay. 1990 I'm familiar with Doom. I couldn't play it cuz it gave me motion sickness. Is that cool? Ugh, that is like the least cool thing you could say <laughs> in the world. Nineteen ninety three. So the, December nineteen ninety three. So I think this is rel- more relevant than ever since this book came out in ninety four. Yeah, the original Doom. One of the bosses is called the Cyber Demon, and I, that's my monster of the week. Okay. Do you want to? Do you care to elaborate as oh, to why you sure. chose yeah, something yeah. that's I guess not you must in have this missed text the pa- at all? You must have missed the passage, but it's in there. Okay. It's in a Logan chapter. Okay. I wasn't sure how Carrie felt about the move. She hadn't said much, but she didn't seem broken up or anything. Look, exclaimed Mom from the driver's seat. Stony Brook, 
11 miles. We're almost there. Goody, I muttered. What was that? asked Dad. Nothing. Hunter, can I call her? No, he replied. You're going to use up all the book. He grabbed it away. I stared out the window as we drove closer and closer to Doom. With a capital D. I did miss that. So he capitalized a D, making it a proper noun. He's referring to the hit 1993 id software, first-person shooter, Doom. And, and I Cyber Demon that is the primary villain of that? Uh, no, I think the primary villain is the s- mastermind spider at the end, but the okay. Cyber Demon is definitely one of the... It's like the first really challenging boss you come across on Diamos, the moon of Mars. Tanner, would you describe it as something to do with energy and electricity and motors? I would describe the spider demon from the end of Doom as a... Something to do with energy and electricity and motors? Yes. He is all those things. He's like a brain and a face and a Gatling gun on a set of cybernetic legs. Okay, well then it may not surprise you to hear the following passage. Tanner... Janine was reading everything. Her teachers even gave her middle school stuff to work on. This is obviously back in the past. Yeah. And they let her enter her science project in the middle school's science fair. I never understood what that project was about. Something to do with energy and electricity and motors. Okay. So you're saying Janine is responsible for the entire events of the hit 1993 id software, first-person shooter, Doom. She right. created the spider demon. She created the cyber yeah. demons. She released this hell on earth. And Logan and the Brunos are careening towards it. Careening towards it. Wow. I, I think that, that tracks, right? What a tidy origin story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the babysitters remember. They don't forget. They forgive sometimes. Right. But they don't forget. You know what? If I went face to face with the spider demon, I wouldn't forget yeah. either. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah, and God, That'd be that pretty was, memorable. Uh, that would be that my Janine's most vivid memory. Yeah. That was her first project. That's what she was capable of in middle school. Imagine what she's capable of now. Yeah, well, we know. Something we... far more sophisticated. Yes. Something that looks almost human. Almost like a Kaludia. <laughs> should, Tanner, should we take a break? Yes, please. Okay, goodbye. Tanner... We were going to talk about something difficult before you interrupted me and talked about cyber demons for 15 minutes straight. You're the one who introduced the fucking segment. <laughs> I was just going along with fearful moment. Fair. But we were going to talk about something difficult that I feel like we owe it to our listeners. I don't want to. And brought us back. It's hard for me. Into a world... That is a better and a purer world, one where Mimi Yamamoto still was. She does two things in this novel. The primary thing she does, we've already talked about a, a good deal tangentially. She helps Claudia to find her Kaludia. Mm. Claudia, we haven't really explained this, but Claudia brings this butterfly self-portrait in and, to the art class, and she's super excited about it. And all of the other kids in the art class have drawn a picture of a boy or a girl. Right, very literal. And the art teacher is like, Claudia, you're a fucking idiot. You're bad at art, and you're bad at life, because what you have drawn is a butterfly, and I asked you to draw a self-portrait of, what, of like who your truest essence is. 
And then right. fucking Mimi comes back the next day with the portrait, and it's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. You don't come after my fucking Claudia. My Claudia? You come at my Claudia with that <laughs> language? Yeah. Mrs. Art Teacher? Yeah. How about I draw your self-portrait with my yeah. fist? Yeah, it's going to be a bad bug. Yeah, it's going to be a bad bloody bug. You don't want to see it. Yeah, it's going to be a squished bug, Mrs. Right, Art I'm Teacher. You, Mrs. Art Teacher. But she my also- Claudia? My Claudia? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So uh-uh. that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, but she also says something to us. Me and you? Me and you. And I found it very powerful. Okay. This is the first thing that Mimi has said to us since she came back from the farm that they'd sent her away to. Okay. I'm uncomfortable with this. I just want to put out there now. No, it makes me uncomfortable as well. It makes it feel like Mimi pass. But I don't want to say... I was about to say a word, and I don't want to say it. I'm going to stop myself. But like, farm Mimi, Mimi went away. Yeah. And this grieving father like made his way up to the Mimi cemetery that exists on his property and like with the help of his elderly old neighbor played by Herman Munster he like crawled his way over the the deadfall and like buried what was left of Mimi in the Mimi cemetery and then the next day Mimi was back but she was different changed well sometimes that is better. Uh huh. And that is the plot of Pet Cemetery. Ghost Dad? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I never saw Ghost Dad, but it sounds a lot scarier. Apparently, he never saw Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Listen, this is what Mimi says to us, Tanner. Yep. And I guess it's my approach the bench moment. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Your Honor, mm. Tanner, Judge Tanner. No. Sorry, it's it's not Judge Tanner. It's okay. Judge Magnolias. Okay. First name? Steel. Okay. <laughs> Judge Magnolias. Yeah. Um I don't know what Steel Magnolias is. I just know it's a movie that people cry at a lot. I'm uh district attorney the. Oh you can call okay. me the. It's my first I will. name. Obviously sure. last name notebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh <laughs> District Attorney the um, <laughs> if you're a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> okay. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Great. Well, here's my here's what made me approach the bench. It's something that Mimi said to us, to you and me, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Was it if you're a bird, I'm a bird? Because basically, that is very touching. <laughs> basically, here's what Mimi said to us after three fucking years beyond this mortal coil. She came back to tell us something, and this is what she told us. Hello there. She says in her careful, slow voice, How are you getting along? May I help you with anything? And then she looks at us. These are the first words that she speaks in this novel. After years without her, she looks at us and she says, I am proud of both of you. You are so grown up. Please call me if you need anything. When you and I die... Yes. Together. Yes. Which is how I suspect we will die. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. We will enter into a blackness. Mm-hmm. Our consciousness, consciousnesses. Will merge? No. Okay, They'll good. be separate, but we will, we will enter into a blackness together. Mm-hmm. And 
when it seems as though nothing will ever happen, a presence will come before us. <sighs> and in that darkness, it'll be... It's not going to be the spider world. demon, is it? I don't think so. Ugh. But it could be. It depends on how we live our lives. Okay. And a gleaming light will come before us and we'll say, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm proud of both of you. I'm proud of both of you. And you are grown. so grown up. Yes. Please call me if you need anything. Yes. That's beautiful. That's uh, Hopefully, that's what awaits all of us. Yeah. Super babies. It means a lot to me, because I don't think of myself as being very grown up. Well, you're 40. Okay. Well, <laughs> well now you've ruined it. Oh, you know what? You know who should be grown up, Tanner? You should be grown oh. up, because you owe Thank somebody you. an apology. I am. You owe somebody a fucking apology. What? Stacy McGill. This that doesn't sound right. incredible story. This incredible story. Did you not feel terrible for everything you've said about Stacy? I thought it was really powerful. She, she shows up. This is a really nice touch by Anne. Stacy also befriends a new girl. If this girl seems is uh, there's a lot of these new girls in this. I feel like that's something to delve into. And yeah. it, this girl is maybe it's the same as Sally White. Have you seen City of Angels? The Nick Cage movie? No, that's another sad one too, right? Yeah. That's the one with the Goo Goo Doll song? Yeah. And I don't want the world to see me Because I don't think that they'd understand When everything's made to be broken I just want you to know who I am I like it when it says, I bleed just to know I'm alive and I bleed just to know I'm alive. Uh, that's who maybe these girls are. The so Google the plot dolls? of that movie... No, sorry. I should have <laughs> been more specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the plot of that movie is that Nick Cage is Meg Ryan's guardian angel and oh. like manifests himself physically to her and they fall in love. Huh. So maybe these girls, girls? are... Yeah, the new girls are guardian angels. Well, they, ba- they seem bad. So one of the new girls is... But that's yeah. that's okay. That's one way to guide people, you know? Like, show them the, the folly of their ways. That's how Clarence did it in fucking... Ghost Dad? It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. <laughs> You're just... Why is every reference Ghost Dad with you? It's all these ghosts. <laughs> there can't be that much. I've got to stop clock is right twice a day, yeah. you know? <laughs> At some point, you're going to nail it. <laughs> Um, this there's a new girl in Stacy's story as well. Her name is Allison Ritz, and unlike Sally White, Allison Ritz seems nice at first, and Stacy takes her under her wing, and it's like, hey, why don't you come to this sleepover? Um, and Allison seems really sweet and lovely about it. But Lane and all the like cool hip girls that Stacy's friends with are being mean to her, and Stacy's super sweet to her, and like takes Lane aside, and it's like, Lane, you got to stop being mean to Allison Ritz. She's a new girl, and then. During the sleepover, Stacy gets diabetes and pees the bed. Yes. And Allison Ritz tells everybody she uses in the it whole as currency. school and uses it as currency to become popular and destroys right. Stacy's life in the meantime. Just like you have. Forces just, her to move to Stony Brook, Connecticut. How could you have been so cruel to Stacy? This is such a powerful story. I, now I see her in a new light. She had this her origin story is is genuinely moving and powerful. She takes this girl under her wing as and I think that's one reading. Suffers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there are multiple readings, you know. Okay. What there's and another it, reading of this story of Stacy being nice to a new girl and then being made fun of for something that's not her fault because her body betrays her. Mm, sure. 
That's what she wants you to think. Okay. You think she? But okay. Maybe it's maybe it's a little dangerous. Maybe it's a little titillating to okay. be to be accidentally peeing the bed in front of a bunch of your friends. Okay. Oh so, no, no. <laughs> you you reacting to that reminds me of that time when the bus is coming at the guy and like the woman's is like coming at him and he's like oh no go in ghost just dad. like in that movie ghost dad oh yeah. thank god yeah thank god um is it weird that that might be my most vivid memory i can't remember any other <laughs> salient detail of ghost dad except yeah. the one scene where he's and i think that's just in the dad. trailer yeah, <laughs> and a bus is gonna hit him. He's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna get hit by a bus," and then he doesn't, and then his head like collides with the lady's bits. Okay, it, it's worse when you try to find euphemisms. <laughs> it's worse. Fine, with a lady's vagina. Okay, well, actually, no, that's worse. was that worse. Yes. Um, uh, I want to talk about Jack. Yeah. While we're talking about things that haunt us, mm-hmm. you ghost dad. Mm-hmm. This dedication. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about that as well. This dedication is crazy. Babysitter's Club. Chilled me to the fucking bone. Super special. Number 11, The Babysitter's Remember, written by Anna Martin, published yeah. by Scholastic Inc. Mm. This book is for Jonna and Malcolm, comma, mm-hmm. Dash and Sky. Yes. Okay. So here's my, f- my big question. Is that comma? introducing an apositive uh or is it acting as a conjunction why don't you go ahead and explain the difference to super babies <laughs> well you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean obviously but like are dash and sky further descriptors of jonna and jonna and malcolm right or are they two other people maybe the opposites i here's my worry yeah my worry is a third thing. Okay. This is not a descriptor of Jonna and Malcolm. Yeah. Nor is it two other people. It is one other entity. entity. Oh, Dash and Sky. There was another. This is There's Babysitter's another. Club Origins. There's another one. So this is the origin for Jonna and Malcolm. The original entity. We've met the original babysitter, the ur-babysitter, Mrs. Tate. Right. And Anne is introducing us here to the original entity, Dash and Sky. Dash Dash and Sky. Dash and Sky. The first fusion. The the corrupted fusion. The wow. experiment. The prototype. That's what gave Jonna and Malcolm the idea. Jonna and Malcolm are the fly too. R- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Dash and Sky. And what cool superhero names they have. Yeah. Yeah, those are weird names. Dash yeah. and Sky. They're good. Um, but it's it makes sense. I was so frightened. And this book is so morbid. Yeah. Like they bring Mimi back. They have all these guardian angels. They talk about the 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 Brunos fleeing the cat people in Kentucky quite into a bit. another doom at yeah. length. Yeah. Right. Into the the doom that is the cyber demons. Like yeah. this is a dark book full of morbid thoughts, and it's like it was too much when Anne sat down and was like, we need origin stories for all these girls. We need to talk about their dark pasts. It was too much for Anne to take, certainly. 
but it was also too much for just Jonna and Malcolm. Right. The entity known as Jonna and Malcolm. Who have been so secretive. And I guess they probably have transcended time, so it's difficult for them to think about the past, which is maybe why they haven't revealed it. So they us. went down to the, the crypt. Yeah. Where the the abomination that is Dash and Sky yeah. still like thrives and they're like, We need to we need your, your dark wisdom this day. It it looks like the thing that's the main thing in Blade. Oh yeah. I was going to say the thing that's the main thing in the first Fallout game, but yours is much more relatable. Yeah. I think that's my v- most vivid memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that you mention that it. The main thing in Blade. Because yeah. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that like globby. Yeah. <laughs> the like globby like guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Maybe we can pull up a soundbite of what he says. This must be Pearl. The record keeper. He's going to kill me! You need me, Frost! You need me! Pearl, your history. Have the good grace to die with some fucking dignity. And that was what was awkward, and I'm now remembering this, and you should remember this, is at my wedding, when Sarah and I did our vows, we did our vows about our most vivid memory. And Sarah said the first time that she met me, and I said about the 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 thing that's the main thing in Blade. <laughs> I do now. Yeah, no. Now that you're mentioning it, I do remember that. It was very awkward. I think that's a lot of people who went to our wedding's most vivid memory. And I spoke at your wedding, and I talked yeah. about like the things you love the most in yeah. my wedding speech. And I yeah. think I mentioned. Uh, you mentioned J- that Jack loves the the th- that thing from Blade. Yeah, the thing that's the main that, thing like, in Blade. Scary globby guy from Blade. <laughs> Yeah. He loves talking about it. He loves thinking about it. <laughs> I want to figure out what that thing is called. Well, it's called Dash and Sky. Oh, that's Dash and Sky. Yeah. Now, when you say Dash and Sky, are you saying like the German pronunciation of Dachshund? Like Dachshund? Dachshund. Dachshund Sky. Yeah, in German, that's what it would be. Dachshund Sky. Dachshund Sky. Krieger? No. <laughs> I really want to figure out what this fucking thing from Blade is called. Okay, so I've got I'm on a wikia called Blade Villains. Oh, it's called Pearl. Yes. yes. Yes, Pearl. Yes, 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 Pearl. Pearl. And it is now that I'm looking at it, I can confirm that it is my most vivid memory. It's a vampire, <sighs> perhaps a more legendary immortal from an unknown origin or time. It is and this kind is of like a uncannily describing John and Malcolm. It is unspecified if he is pure blood or was a creature from an unidentified race of vampires due to his abnormal obesity and his native knowledge of predating history. He is much more this is really well written. He is much more older than the House of Erebus. <laughs> but he's not just like an obese man. He's also like kind no. of greasy and like Yeah. I think he's like covered in blood in that scene too. He's super intense. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, so your most vivid memory is Pearl from Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is the moment in Ghost Dad. The moment in Ghost Dad where, where he puts his head into a woman's crotch. Yep. Um, and and Tanner. there's a new entity. It's called Dash und Sky. Yeah, Dash und Sky. Um, that's great. What a great origin Anna's given us. Are there any other origins that we want to talk about? We've talked about Jesse's one is just squirt. Uh, Mallory remembers the day she met Amelia Moody, and that is something that where Anne 
poor Anne. I felt for her in this. Anne put right. herself into this. Right. And wait, you kind of yeah. you kind of gloss over something very quickly. I want to go yeah. back. You okay. said Jesse's memory was of when Squirt was born. Mm-hmm. I want to read a passage really quickly. Okay, from please. that from that memory, please do. I heard Mama say he did cry a lot in the hospital. I don't remember Jesse or Becca crying so much. I thought of the scrunched up face Squirt had as he cried through our visit to the nursery. Another time, I heard Aunt Cecilia say disapprovingly. It isn't natural. Oh, yeah. I could picture her pursed lips. It isn't natural. Squirt, I think, isn't natural. Squirt is unnatural. That's interesting, because we never actually see the moment of birth, do we? No. They just they go to the hospital, and they come back, and they have this being. Colicky baby. Yeah. Who is somehow unnatural. Unnatural. I think that's, that's worth keeping an eye on. Maybe yeah. Squirt is Pearl from the Blade movies. Mm-hmm. That's possible, too. Maybe Squirt got hit by a truck on Route 15, and John Ramsey went and buried him in some kind of pet cemetery, and mm-hmm. he came back changed. Like in Ghost Dad. Or maybe Squirt was standing on a highway, and a bus came at him. Yep. And he thought he was going to get hit by a bus, and he didn't, and he passed right through it, and his head went right into a woman's crotch. Yep. Also something that happens in Ghost Dead. And all very unnatural. Yep. That's something that we should definitely keep an eye on. Though Squirt does seem like a sweet little boy. For Um, now. And then so Mallory's memory is of Amelia Moody. Yes. And Anne has written herself into this novel, clearly. Yes. Yes. Obviously, yes. Mallory's memory is like, it just made me feel for Anne. It just felt so. It felt so pointed. It's like a. It felt like a message to her readers. That's like the whole Mallory's whole dumb memory. Her memory is the dumbest of the memories. Yeah, she and, met an author that she liked and then was too scared to talk to her and cried. Yeah, I guess that was kind of sad and poignant, and kind of relatable. Mm, not for me. I'm not. But I'm Anne not loves that. Culture. That's what Anne wants. Oh yeah, and and. Mallory writes this letter that starts it, and Anne, well, here's what Anne, through Marianne, says that you should do if you're writing to your favorite author. Tell her about your family and that you like to write to, and tell her you aren't writing for a school assignment. Authors are always receiving letters from kids whose teachers made them write. They probably hate that. <laughs> okay. Dozens yeah. of letters, all the same. It's like getting a bunch of homework papers. We get it, Ann. All right, Ann. Okay. Message received. We'll let you know that. It, I, let's vow now to. I guess I'll write throw this Anne, letter in the trash, Ann. And we'll start it by being like, Dear Ann, this is not a homework assignment. This is not a homework assignment. Some of us are 40. But we do need you to come on our podcast. We do need you to come on our show. We have a asking lot of people, questions to ask you. Asking authors to come on your podcast is the new asking them <laughs> to respond to your letter for a homework assignment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, and here's, was, what, here's what Amelia Moody writes to Mallory after yeah, she exactly. bursts into tears. Yep. When I opened the book later, after we had left the store, I saw what she had written for Mallory, a special fan. Happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs> yeah, and no one else in the world says that. Very clear v- very dog clear. whistle, Anne. Do you put yourself in this book as this fucking author who's so famous that like the line is around the block to meet her? And, and when, so put put out by yeah. like 
her adoring fans who just yeah. want like a a moment of her time. Don't come at me with your fucking homework assignment letters. I'm not going to read that shit. That shit bores me to tears. While you come to me, about... you come to me at my signings and you fucking weep. Yeah, that's that's what I need from you. You fall on your knees, yeah, and you cry and you grovel, yeah, because I am Ann Ann Martin. Happy reading. Happy reading. Yeah, let's let's talk about her for a moment. Okay. okay. While we're talking about the Ocean Princess, the mm-hmm. Space Mountain. Oh yeah. Every week in these novels, she puts a special epithet. We haven't, we didn't say them up front. I'm going to say them now. Anne likes to be called the following things: our angel, the backstage babysitter, the tender shepherd, the little night owl, the ocean princess, the screaming mirror, the space mountain known as Snow Mommy. She is the fast-fingered swordman, the condor in the squall, ghost eyes, and the knife Martin. Ghost eyes, frugal master. Did you have? Did you catch any this week? Um, I only caught one, and I don't love it. Okay, hit it's, me. So Greer says that this mysterious Sally, in addition to having all these um like weird artifacts in her house, like these urns and this this cat that carries the soul of the fascist dictator. Yeah, she has a a beautiful horse. I'm glad you brought that back because we yeah. could have cut it. Yeah, but now we can't. I could say, would you like me to say it in another way? <laughs> no, we're just going to keep it in. Sorry, Baby Nation. I know it's upsetting to hear, but this hairless cat that Sally White owns <laughs> is a Third Reich experiment gone wrong, and it embodies the soul of Hitler. I don't like it. It's not, not fun, it. but that's the truth. No, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. It's all in the text. In addition to having all of these weird artifacts, Sally has a horse. And oh, that yeah. horse's name. In addition, we know two things about the horse. We know that he is beautiful. And we know that his name is Sure Thing. I think that's fine. Yeah. And I caught that as a... Backup. Backup. Deep yeah. backup. Yeah. I have three others to pitch Great. to Great. Let's hear yours. Mine in, is bad. In ascending order okay. from how confident I am that they are the epithet this week. Mm-hmm. The first one. Hunter couldn't have cared less... Actually, I think he was looking forward to the move to Stony Brook. I will have a do rube. A do rube? Do rube. D E W R O O B. Right. I'm thinking maybe Anne wants us to call her the do rube. Okay. And what is he saying? New room. New room. Yep. Jackie was in my arms and I raised him above my head and shouted, Yes, it's the deciding basket. Fans, I pretended Jackie was the human basketball. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you think that that describes our beloved Anne Martin, like the a human embodiment of the sport of basketball? Recall that I said that these were in ascending order. Okay, okay. It gets better. It gets better. Okay. This is this is the nug. This is the one okay. I think Anne's really aiming for. Okay. And it concerns Amelia Moody. Okay. Yeah, well, in that case, it must be. What are you reading? It's Amanda Mandango takes Bull by the Horns by Amelia Moody, replied Marianne. I read all her books. They're great. They're so funny. I know. I always get completely caught up in them. It's like nothing else is happening. The only world is the world of the book I'm in. Some of her books are sad, too, said Marianne, looking dreamy. I remember crying all the way through. 
The Lost Grandmother. There it is. There it is. The Lost Grandmother. Don't you think? Yeah, and she's going to love that if she listens to the show. She's going to love that. She's going to I don't think she we, is a grandmother that we caught that. But That's I think beautiful. she probably feels like a lost grandmother, right? To all of us. No, of course, but she's lost in time and space. Um, Her meaning is lost on all of us until you and I have, have illuminated it for the first time. And f- yeah, for a nation I think the lost grandmother, a lost grandmother, might be it. That's it. That's beautiful. I feel good about that. Yeah, I feel very good about that. Um, Your Honor. Oh. <clears throat> Um, can I get a little bit more of a hint onto what we're about to do so that I can prepare myself uh, emotionally, mentally, and nomenclaturally? Well, I, I'm sorry, I was going to introduce emotion, but it's very difficult to concentrate on the screams of art. How many, how many porpoises are in this? Oh, so the thing you don't know about porpoises is they actually, um. They travel in big family groups, so very tight-knit, very... They're very supportive of each other? Communal, yes. They're loving, caring creatures mm. who support one another deeply, care for one another deeply, and if anyone in the pod is hurt in mm. any way, it really affects the whole pod. So do we have some kind of a wounded porpoise that's that's been wandering around these halls because i've been hearing these screams ever since i clocked it um yeah as a matter of fact you recall the final scene of the hit 1993 id software first person shooter doom yes when it's revealed that the hero saves mars but defeats defeats the hellions on mars but it 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 zooms to earth and we see that the creatures from hell have actually invaded earth as well and they've put a bunny's head on a spike mm-hmm. in a very upsetting yep. visual right at the end of the game uh-huh i the judge of this court have done similar with the slabius porpoise oh i've beheaded him and i've put his head on a spike and i've displayed it prominently on my castle for all of its pod to see and you've done this of your own volition out of your own sick twisted desire no no, i didn't want to do this and i am actually disgusted with myself baby (laughs) nation made me do this oh baby nation made you do it because they they hated the porpoise they hated the porpoise for some reason i thought it was great the slabiest porpoise but baby nation was so cute I hate the Slavius Porpoise, and I want you to behead it and parade its head around in front of its pod. Oh, wow. Like the hit 1993 first-person shooter from in Software Doom. Oh, wow. I, I heard that he, took in, he used to take in illiterate young porpoises and teach them. He used uh, to. He certainly used to. <laughs> and just kind of set them up in life, and he was looked up to as a, a mentor. Uh, he changed a lot of lives. Yeah, this porpoise. Oh well, you know if what Baby Nation wants, Baby Nation gets. Anyway, I was going to introduce a motion to dismiss, 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 miss. Th- that's right. It's yeah. a very aptly titled segment that makes sense for what it is because we're doing a diss. Sometimes it comes from a miss. It's the burn of the week. Slabius porpoise was bad. 
and he's suffering for his sins. Yeah, thanks to you, Baby Nation. Ba- thanks to you, Baby Nation. Um, did you find a bird of the week this week? Oh my gosh, <laughs> too many to count. Yeah, too uh, yeah, many there to count. So many. There are so many good ones. Um, we're we're um, we're coming to the end of our allotted time, so I think we can only pick one each. Okay, here's mine. Okay, chapter one. The essay. Said Claudia with a groan. Why did you bring that up, Mal? I was enjoying the evening. Mal shrugged. I don't know. I was just thinking about it today. I've been keeping a list of things that have happened, so I can put them in the essay later. I'm sort of looking forward to it. Claudia sighed. It's a real shame, she said. What's a shame? Asked Jesse. That Mal's such a dork. <laughs> That is a fucking shame. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Claudia. Oh, nailed it. Um, Kill him. Slay, porpoise. Slay. Oh, sorry. No, sh- sh- sorry. That's in terrible taste, Jeff. Yeah, God. Oof. I'm realizing now. The head's still warm. Strike it from the record, Your Honor. Okay. Here's my bird. I think it's on Claudia. <laughs> okay. It's unclear. I just kind of liked. I just kind of liked how this played out. Uh, this is uh, it, during Claudia's memory of her past, and for folks who were made too emotional by the appearance of Mimi earlier, um, I ask that you skip forward about 30 seconds, because she's going to appear again. Now, girls, said Mimi gently. Please. Older. Now, girls, said Mimi gently. Please. She turned to me. Tell me about your homework, my Claudia. We're going to make self-portraits. We can make them any way we want, with pencils or paints or anything. I'm going to crayon mine. I will use every color. (laughs) Janine raised her eyebrows. What a surprise. I bet you could not even draw a house, I said to her. Why would I want to? (laughs) (laughs) I just love that Uh, retort. (laughs) It's not even a burn. It's not even a burn on Claudia. It's the burn on, like, fine art. Yeah. yeah. It's a burn on an entire millennia old industry yeah. that is the fine art industry it's yeah. like why would i even want to i just created the spider demon from doom and unleashed it on yeah. stony Brook. why the fuck would i want to draw a house with crayons um <laughs> fuck art you burnt art, art. you burnt good tanner uh let's leave okay gamu gamu to you as well baby nation thank you for bearing with us tanner thank you for bearing with me tanner Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, yep, I was until just then. <laughs> okay. And then I got uh, distracted by text messages. Uh, Baby Nation, please take a moment and rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. It's all that some of us have left. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and please yep. do buy our merch. Buy our merch. Yep. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. Thank you to Baby B. John. Mm-hmm. At Fox and Devil on Twitter for designing most of it. Mm-hmm. Also, what a, what some of us kind of the main source of income for some of us now. <laughs> um, and uh, I wonder if we're launching a Patreon yet in, at this point in the timeline. Yeah, Buy tickets no. to the live show bit.ly/bscclive. Mm-hmm. February twentieth. If it is past the live show, we've probably launched a Patreon. Yes. We we have or will be about to launch a Patreon with a brand new show, so check that out. 
Baby Nation. New. That's a lie. What? It's not. It's a lie that it's brand new. It's yes. It's not brand new, but it will have brand new episodes. Yes, brand new episodes of a show that you know and love for just five dollars a month. Please do that and sign up for that. It's going to be very good. Um, Baby Nation. This week we read a book that was called Babysitter's Club, Super Special Number 11, The Babysitters Remember. Next week, and Tanner, this is a question rather than a comment. Okay. Next week, we're reading Babysitter's Club, Super Special Number 12. 12. Here Here come come the the bridesmaids. Yes, we are. Okay. Reluctantly, but dutifully. Because we have... In our old podcast, Babysitter's Club Club, yeah. we did read and record an episode that. about that super special, but it would yeah. feel weird to We're doing skip it. it. We're doing it. Because you know what we also did in our old podcast? What? Episodes number one and two. I haven't, I haven't Club, heard that. Super special. What we did. No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> We're doing it. I know it's it's maniacal. <laughs> Neither of us even liked it the it's first not time a book around. We want. We want to read a second but time. But we're doing it. We'll bring a weird energy. We're doing it's it. It's going to be fun. We'll bring a weird energy, and it'll yeah. be wild. And it's maybe we'll do something fucking bonkers. It's going to be our best episode ever. It I might be our best episode it. ever. I guarantee that it will be our best episode ever. Let's get. Let's take shrooms beforehand. Okay. We'll do something. We'll, let's. We'll, we'll. We'll get our heads together, and we'll do something. Something wild. We'll do something weird. Super babies. My name is Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Super babies, this round week. off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, have fun, and be careful, and I'm yours until I see the salad dressing. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. episode is a little bit different. First of all, How it's, so? a, it's a super special. What? Yeah. Super special number one. Babysitters on board. It is twice the length of a regular Babysitters Club book. Something we learned to our chagrin when we had to double our reading time yep. this week. <laughs> hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. 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 Oh, did the wrong one. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Uh, in which I, Jack Shepard, and you, Tanner Greenering, discuss the classic novels of Anne M. Martin. Martin. But what we're doing this week is something not just special. It's super special. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get what you're doing. Yeah. Look I at just, you. I just came up with it. Huh? <laughs> Babysitter's Club, super special, number, number two. That was a HeadGum Podcast.